0: You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. Coming to you a little bit later on this Friday. But nonetheless, a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Two games to preview ahead on today's show. The Independence Bowl against UAB for BYU football. What is the motivation factor for the Cougars? What to make of the UAB Blazers? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about BYU men's basketball getting back into action as they take on Weber State and also women's basketball. I believe hosting Washington State. So huge games on the basketball front after a week off for both of them due to finals. We'll get to all of that as well as catching you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Also a quick reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at NetSuite as our title sponsor. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to NetSuite.com slash NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Check them out. My friends will talk to you a little bit more about them later on in the podcast all right without further ado though let's dive in on a Friday. this is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 17th 2021. You are Locked On Cougars your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Coming to you a little bit later on a Friday, and my apologies for that, but I have been pulling, I guess, what you'd call triple duty at the radio station, uh, the Zone, as I mentioned. I've been producing DJ and PK, helping out with some stuff in the midday as we're still in a transition there. And then also, I've been privileged enough to be the co-host of Unreal rivaled on the drive home each afternoon uh, from Wednesday on, essentially. So Wednesday, I did it with Scott Mitchell. Yesterday, I did the show with Tim Lacombe. And today, if you're listening to this before the show gets going, or if you're listening to it while that show is going on, well, you can flip the dial or whatever over to 97.5 FM or 1280 AM and hear me with Tim Lacombe for another afternoon. So been some busy, busy days. and My apologies. I was not able to get uh, last night, uh, sit down and record today's podcast. So that's what I'm doing now. All right, let's dive in here and talk a little BYU football. It's crazy to think the bowl game is already here, my friends. They are playing in the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. I hate the sponsor sponsor names on this let me be clear about that but uh they're playing in the independence bowl against the uab blazers or i like to call them for any of you who are home star runner fans i lovingly refer to them as the uab trogdors trogdor the term like, we all know who if you know what home star runners you know trogdor it makes sense. It just—if you don't, If you don't, if you're old or too young to know what Homestar is, Homestar Runner is, uh, Tim LaCombe didn't know this yesterday. He Googled it, looked at the picture of what Trogdor is, said, yeah, that's pretty good. So uh, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, just do a quick Google search and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But nonetheless, a big opportunity for BYU to make a back-to-back 11 win seasons for the first time since 2006 and 2007. So there's still a lot riding on this game, but maybe it's just me. But I feel like the juice going into this game, at least fan wise, is lacking severely. I know that there is disappointment that BYU is not playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. And I justifiably understand why BYU fans, any of you listening to this, would feel that the college football playoff committee really screwed BYU out of where they probably should be playing. I think there is some argument to be there, but also at the same time. The Power Five created the college football playoff to benefit themselves. Credit to Cincinnati because they forced the NCAA to just accept the fact that that Cincinnati was gonna be in the college football playoff. And I know that accepts that BYU probably could have still slid into a New Year's 6 bowl game, but this is the Power Five's world and BYU is just merely existing in it until they actually joined the Power Five in just a couple of seasons. So we'll just bite our time. The good news is BYU has an opportunity to make it 11 wins uh, two win- two seasons in a row and to think about that at the outset of 2020, think about this what, w- what would you have given to know that BYU was going to win 11 straight games, well not 11 straight games last year, uh, but they were going to win 11 games last year they were going to win 11 games this year and have 22 wins in back to back seasons what would you have given for that? I think a lot of us would have given a lot so the good news is there's a huge opportunity on a table here for BYU and UAB, it's a team that you should be able to beat. My only concern with this type of game is if the same type of malaise I feel like with BYU fans sets in with the BYU players. Guys like Gunnar Romney, we've already played it on this podcast I think, uh, was it last week, maybe earlier this week, he said that we, we have some motivation because we feel like we got slided by the bowl committee or the college football playoff committee who slots the New Year's Six Bowl games. Hopefully that is the type of feeling this entire team has speaking of BYU because if they have that watch out UAB because you're, you're running into a boulder who is just coming downhill fast and heavy so there's a big opportunity for the Cougars here to go out there, make a statement, and finish a season in a positive fashion. I hope that's the way that we're talking about this. I hope that we're doing a, a special wrap up edition or postcast edition of the podcast uh, late Saturday night and talking about another win for BYU. We can talk about BYU being 22 and 1 and what the possibilities may be that they could put a third straight double digit win season together next year in 2022. That's what I want to be talking about. I don't want Want to be talking about a team that's ten and three and lost in disappointing fashion to UAB? That is what I want to avoid. Now, what do you need to know about this game? I can tell you one thing: UAB likes to run very slow offense, and what I mean by that is they sit on the ball. They are a very much a team that likes to take the air out of the ball, to use that expression as well. They just like to make sure the game is kind of played at a plodding pace. They feel like it gives them a better advantage when you're not flying up and down the field. BYU, as we all know has been able to vary kind of how they operate in When they need to go fast, they go fast. When they want to slow it down, they'll grind it out. But they need to make sure that this game is played on their terms. That is what BYU needs to dictate. Dylan Hopkins is the leading uh, player on offense for UAB at quarterback. 2,085 yards on the season. 15 touchdowns against six interceptions. But the real star, I feel like, and I'm probably, uh, I think I'm right in saying this, Dwayne McBride. He is UAB's version of Tyler Algier. 1,100. 188 yards and 12 touchdowns on the season but there is some question of if he will play in this game he was in a boot in their final regular season game and the hope is that he will be cleared and be able to go but that is something to bear watching moving forward if he is not able to play Jermaine Brown Jr. is their second leading uh, second leading rusher excuse me, with 584 yards and 7 touchdowns to his credit and then I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly Lucius Stanley it's kind of spelled like luscious I hope it's Lucius Stanley but luscious would be pretty fun too Also has 213 yards. Their leading receiver is Trey Shropshire, 682 yards and six touchdowns, but their real star in terms of the passing game, Garrett. Prince, A tight end, 656 yards, averaging 20.5 yards per reception and eight touchdowns. Oh, and I probably should mention this with Trey Shropshire. His average on the season, he's got 25 receptions. His average per reception, 27.3 yards. This is an offense. When they pass it, they go downfield. Dylan Hopkins throws it deep. And that's what they do. So BYU needs to be wary of that. I think BYU secondary is capable of hanging with any of these guys on UAB's roster, but they need to make sure they don't get out schemed in this situation. Their top player on defense is Alex Wright. He's kind of a hybrid defensive end slash linebacker. Think of the position that, uh, Pepe Tonovasa plays for BYU football kind of hybrid linebacker defensive end role rushes the quarterback he leads them with six sacks on the season as a team uh UAB's actually had a pretty successful year getting after the quarterback. 31 sacks as a team. Uh, They are very, very active. They also have 10 interceptions on the year. So this is a defense who's going to get after it. And they play hard-nosed defense. They haven't had the season they expected. They expected to be uh, playing in the Conference USA Championship, but they lost to UTSA, who I think most BYU fans, if they were given their choice of playing in this game against a certain opponent, probably would have been UT San Antonio. But nonetheless, a huge opportunity Staring BYU in the face. And like I said, I, I'm just hoping that there is not a malaise with this team, thinking, well, whatever, we're playing in this game. I want to see what we saw last year in 2020. I was there in Boca Raton, Florida for the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl last year, and BYU absolutely blew the doors off UCF. It was so fun to watch. That offense, speaking of Zach Wilson and the rest of the group down there in Boca Raton. They could have scored 70, 80 points had they wanted to. They called off the dogs in the third quarter of that game. UCF had nothing. UCF kind of played like I'm afraid BYU is might be playing in this game. I'm hoping we get the BYU that played against UCF. I want to see that offense. I want to see them absolutely get after it. There's some question of the status of uh, Jaron Hall, a quarterback for BYU. But the good news is, BYU already has a proven option at quarterback behind him if he is unable to go. He's been dealing with a foot injury, he re-injured it, or I guess aggravated it against USC. He's been spotted around campus in the days since, in the weeks since, also wearing a boot, and the hope is that he's able to play. And if he feels like he's good enough to play, BYU has proven that if Jaron Hall is capable of playing, they'll put him on the field as long as he's not going to be a harm to himself. But as I mentioned, if they do need to sit him, I've got no qualms about inserting Baylor Romney into this lineup because I think Baylor Romney is more than capable of leading BYU to a bowl victory. The biggest thing that BYU has in their back pocket is they have two legit running backs. Tyler Algier the sledgehammer as I call him he's going to be coming downhill at UAB and as we found out yesterday uh, Lopini Katoa told reporters he is planning on coming back next year for the Cougars. So the tandem of uh, Katoa and Algier could be back in BYU's backfield next year once again Algier kind of deferred and said all my focus is on the independence bowl I'm a broken record on this. I think he should jump. I think he should take advantage of his opportunity to capitalize on what he has done and go make some money. But if he does come back, BYU could have another fantastic tandem of running backs in addition to a lot of depth behind them in 2022. But those two running backs are going to be key to BYU's victory. The offensive line's got to perform well. I have no reason to think that they won't. James Empey is the only offensive lineman, based on what we're hearing, who is expected to miss this game, which is unfortunate. But uh, guys like Harris Lachance, are coming back as well as Campbell Barrington. So that's good news for BYU's offense that they should be able to, I think, lean on UAB and make this the type of game that BYU wants to be. If BYU wants to make it a 30 point game, sure. If they want to make it a 40 point game, that's what you'd hope they can do. But they need to make sure they play on their terms and not let UAB dictate the terms of this game. So We'll find out. I'm looking forward to it. 1:30 p.m. Mountain Time on ABC, a big, big platform for BYU. You do not want to fall flat because the nation will have access to the, this game. BYU doesn't play on ABC very often, and when they do, you need to perform well. And it is my sincere hope that BYU's players they show up, they get the job done, and they fly home to Provo with another win in their back pocket, and they will have gone 11 and 11 and two on the season. 11 and one a year ago. 22 and three over the past two years that's absolutely stellar and I hope that's what we're talking about tomorrow night on the postcast edition of the show Alright, coming up here in just a moment, we are going to flip over and talk some BYU basketball. The Cougars are finally returning to the hardwood. They have been off for a week due to finals and looking forward to seeing the Cougar Cagers and both the men's and women's team in action. We'll preview those matchups here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part, in par, excuse me, by our friends over at NetSuite. And my friends, this is the putt to win it. You make this putt, you win the championship, but on your backswing your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business. Poor visibility because you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated financial software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. The best part, 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those looking to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. Head to NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA for that special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Once again, that is NetSuite.com slash NCAA i Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at BetOnline. They have you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And as the football season marches towards the playoffs, they are just upping the ante. They remain the number one spot for all the sports action you're looking for this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. From basketball to football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Take advantage of that offer now. A 50% welcome bonus using the promo code LOCKEDON. It's all courtesy of our friends at BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day, my friends. Make sure you check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. It involves local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins today, so check it out, my friends. It is free and available on all podcasting platforms out there. All right, let's talk a little BYU basketball, the women's basketball program. They are in action finally after a week off. Uh, They've taken the week off, obviously, due to finals, and I completely understand why coaches do that. You don't want to have to be juggling your lineup every day. Well, is this player available? i they got a final. Okay, you don't want to deal with that. But the best part is BYU women's basketball nationally ranked, and they are taking on Washington State in their return to action. A huge opportunity to knock off another, we call it a power five, power six. I don't even know what they determine. Do they determine that in women's basketball? I actually don't know that part. I would assume they do. But a big opportunity nonetheless as the Cougars take on the Cougars, the Crimson Cougars, coming to the Marriott Center. That game is scheduled to tip off tomorrow afternoon, Saturday, at noon mountain time. It'll be broadcast on byutv.org with live stream as well as on the BYUtv app. The women's basketball team, I'm going to sound, you probably listened to this podcast enough if you have, you've heard me talk about this. If you've not watched Shaylee Gonzalez and the rest of the crew with the women's basketball team in action, you're missing out. They play an entertaining, high-flying, really just run-and-gun type of style. The best part is they actually get it done on the defensive end too. Uh, Hampson, uh, also Lauren Gustin in the middle for BYU at forward and center they are very very good this is a fun fun team it's not it's not boring let's just put it that way I love watching Paisley Johnson Harding get after it she plays with an attitude and it's just a really really cool team and Tegan Graham uh, she's kind of the unsung star on this team she had 10 made threes and I know they lost that game in their last game out but still absolutely stellar things coming from the women's basketball program so I would encourage you guys if you're looking for something to do on Saturday afternoon get down to the Marriott Center and enjoy that game or just watch it you can stream it as I mentioned on BYUtv.org and the BYUtv app now the BYU men's basketball program no longer nationally ranked they are facing off into their in-state game as they head to the D event center the Purple Palace as I call it up there in Ogden, Utah yes it is not the home of Utah State let's get that joke out of the way they'll be taking on instead Weber state there at the D Events center. This game is scheduled to tip off at six o'clock mountain time. It'll be broadcast locally here along the Wasatch front on K jazz. Also, you can find it streaming on ESPN plus for those of you who live outside the state. Yes, it's the platform that I encourage you. If you don't have a subscription to ESPN plus, you probably should get it because as BYU moves into the big 12, the big 12 already has a number of what they call their Olympic sports broadcasting on ESPN plus and I would imagine the BYU and BYU TV get folded kind of into that and that's going to be something you're going to find a lot of BYU sports I think playing on in their future now this is a big game for BYU because Weaver State is off to a stellar start in their own right they are coming off a pretty bad loss and what I mean when I mean bad is they got their doors blown off they took on Utah State Wednesday night and Weaver State just cut, fell behind early and never really recovered they fell in that game 95 to 80 so a very high paced game so They have played a game uh, more recently than BYU, who took the whole week off. The hope is for BYU is that week off dealing with finals allowed these players who dealt with illness, guys like Gideon George, to get back to 100% or near 100% as they go into this matchup. Uh, What you need to know about Weber State? Well, I can tell you this much Randy Ray runs a very, very good program. He recruits well. He's turned over this roster a lot recently, trying to find the right combination of guys, but based on the start, Weaver State has had so far, 9-2 on the season, 4-1 at home. He has found a great combination. Dylan Jones averages 12.8 points and 10.4 rebounds. He's a double double machine. Think of a guy like a poor man's Justin Bean from Utah State, uh, to make that reference for you BYU fans You probably watched Justin Bean or have watched him play. Dylan Jones, very good in his own right. An old but familiar name, Kobe McEwen. Yes, the former Utah State Aggie who has played against BYU. He transferred to Marquette. He is back home in Utah, now playing for Weber State. He has put up 16.5 points and 4.5 rebounds per game. So very, very talented player back home in his old stomping grounds. He was a former prep star here and has come back to Utah and has fit in seamlessly based on everything I have seen from uh, Weber State. The one thing about the... uh, uh, the Wildcats coming into this game their two losses on the season have come in the last three games so they are one and two coming into this in their last three games but they're plenty talented uh, Sekou Sosoho Jawara I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly I know he has a nickname I don't remember what it is I had somebody tell me once upon a time but he has actually had some really big nights for Weaver State over the last couple of years he averages 12 and a half points and the other player who averages double digit points is another forward JJ Overton he averages 11.8 points so this is a team, speaking of Weber State, has got plenty of firepower, and BYU with this new revamped lineup, that's actually one other thing I probably should have brought up earlier, is that this week off, I know that with guys going and taking finals and all that, it probably was a little disjointed at practice, but they have had a week here with Mark Pope and his staff to try and figure out what the best combination is going to be for them to deal with the losses of both Richard Harward as well as Gavin Baxter. You're going to have to have guys like Atiki Ali Atiki who is a true freshman who is still very much a raw prospect. He needs to grow up. You need to get him seasoned. They probably threw him into all kinds of drills this week, just having guys go at him to get him as many looks as they possibly could because you have to. BYU, there is no transfer portal you can add. I had a couple people ask me about that. I apologize. I I got an email and I I couldn't find it before I started recording today. So I know that one of you at least emailed me about this and asked about Colby Lee. The way I understand it, and let me and let me acknowledge that I don't fully understand transfer rules. I, I try to stay on top of it, but I don't understand this one. There have been instances where guys have transferred midseason; them been eligible, but I think midseason to become eligible right away is not something the NCAA is okay with. Because if it were that way, you'd probably see a bunch of the blue bloods pulling it. So the hopes of Kobe Lee coming in and saving the day for BYU. On that front alone are not happening. I can tell you this much. When he left BYU, he did not want to leave. He was essentially told, well, we're moving on. We're going with these guys over here. So it may be in your best interest to go find something else. I don't think Kobe Lee has any interest in coming in and being the hero for BYU basketball. I think he has love for the university because his wife is still playing for the women's basketball program. And they gave him a scholarship and allowed him to get an education, all that stuff. I think he has love for that. But I do not think that he is going to be like, hey, Kobe. Pope, Hey, can I come back and play? No, I don't think that's going to happen. That's just my perception of it. I don't know Colby personally. I have not spoken one word to that man outside of immediate interaction since he left the university. But it's just my perception that you'd be hard-pressed to find a kid who's going to say, oh, you, you pushed me out the door and now you want me No, that's not going to happen. And also, I think the eligibility factor, it's a non-starter. So BYU needs to go with what they've got. And they're going to have to go with a small ball lineup. You're going to have to see guys like Caleb Lohner and Seneca Knight. They're going to have to play small ball five. Fusini Traore is going to do his absolute best. and He's a fantastic prospect. I love that kid out there. He is so good. But the fact of the matter is he is 6'6". He is not the biggest dude out there. He's strong as an ox. He's going to make hay, and he's absolutely going to play well. But there is a severe size disadvantage for BYU, and I don't think there is going to be a fix for it until they get into the next offseason. This is the lineup BYU is going with. The Norman Dale quote, this is my team. My team's on the floor. I know he only had four players and all that jazz, but if you've watched Hoosiers, the the statement is still the same. BYU has who they have, and now it's up to guys like Mark Pope to go out and show what what they can do to revamp this lineup and I for one this is just a vote of confidence in coach Pope. He has proven to me in his time at BYU so far, he is more than capable of making the necessary adjustments. Let's trust him here. Let's see what happens. But I think he's more than capable of getting his team into advantageous positions to give them an opportunity. And I think BYU should win this game against Weber state. I, if they go in there with their head on straight, they shoot it relatively well and don't have big lapses on the road in terms of scoring droughts and turnover issues. The way you can win this game. I truly believe that. But I am interested, kind of our first look at how they're going to go about with this new lineup against Weaver State or whatever they're going to do with the lineup. I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. All right. Coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show and round out the week with the latest news of everything else going on in BYU sports, Uh, an honor for Kalani Satake that I'm actually lucky enough to vote for. We'll talk about that. And of course, we'll round out the show with the other notes involving other BYU athletics here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Built Bar. Absolutely love this company. They've been absolutely phenomenal to us all year long, but it's the holiday season, my friends. If you're looking for a stocking stuffer, look no further than our friends at Bilt Bar. More importantly, if you're a BYU fan, I love talking about this. They have that name, image, and likeness agreement with BYU football. So when you're supporting Bilt Bar, you are in turn supporting BYU football and the players inside that program. NCAA can look into it all they want, in my opinion. They're not going to find anything because it's on the up and up. And frankly, there's not really anything to be up and up about. Rules are the rules, and BYU is playing by him, and so is Built Bar. So, support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. Right now, you can go to built.com, you can order all types of flavors. They have two new holiday flavors that I have ordered both of. I got the eggnog flavor in my mailbox the other day. Folks, it is absolutely divine. I am a huge eggnog fan, and it tastes like you're eating eggnog in protein bar form. It's absolutely phenomenal. I also ordered the gingerbread flavor. Looking forward to getting that one here very quickly and giving that a shot. If you want to give any other flavors a shot, please go to Built.com and place your order now. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D 1-5 for 15% off your order. Take advantage of it now, my friends. Support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. All right, folks, one more time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at Intercap Lending. There is a reason that no other lender out there helps more families in Utah than our friends at Intercap. And simply put, the reason why, Intercap, they get the deals done. They offer a quick and simple loan process. Intercap closes loans on average two weeks faster than everybody else in the industry. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress-free home loan process. That is what Intercap is all about. And they have a personal loan officer for all of our listeners over there Intercap. Steve Carter is his name, and he's delivered to hundreds of locked on listeners that top rated performance, quick, easy and simple. That is what they're going for. If you guys need help with any type of loan, whether it's a home loan for your first home, you're trying to refinance, you want to cash out, get some equity, all whatever it might be. Intercap is here for you and they can make sure you have a fantastic experience while doing it. And although Intercap is new to the Locked On Cougars podcast, it's not a new company. They have been helping customers with all their mortgage needs since 1978. That is 43 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been offering that stellar service to all of Locked On's listeners, including Locked On Jazz, since 2018. Intercap is based here in Utah, but they are capable of servicing anybody up and down the United States. I think 40 plus states is where they're license to do business in. So if you need their help, feel free to reach out. You can give Steve a call, his direct number, yeah, a direct number to him, 385 800 8528. That's 385 800 8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. You also can learn more by going to intercaplending.com. That's their website. You can find out more about the company, all that fun stuff. So check it out once again. Give Steve a call and he'd be happy to address anything as well, no matter if you're interested or not. Did you want a question? Call Steve, three eight five eight hundred eight five two eight. NMLS number one nine zero four six five Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. Before we go on this Friday edition of the show, let's run down everything else you need to know as a BYU fan. We'll start off with this, the BYU Women's Soccer Program. The coaching staff in particular has been named the 2021 NCAA Division I Women's Staff of the Year by the United Soccer Coaches Association. That was announced today. Jennifer Rockwood just completed her 27th season as the only head coach BYU has ever had. She has had 23 NCAA tournament appearances, and obviously BYU coming up agonizingly close to their first national title and program history but a well-deserved honor for all of the staff rockwood obviously is the head coach brent anderson steve magleby and maddie yates uh, their administrative assistant rachel jorgensen as well as director of sports medicine carolyn billings all honored with this award. Congratulations to all of them. Uh, staying with the women's soccer theme, congratulations to Michaela Coulihan. She was named Top Drawer Soccer's National Player of the Year. Fantastic honor for her. She is up for the Mac Herman Trophy, which is the Heisman Trophy of women's soccer. We will not find out who's winning that trophy until January 7th. Also, Cameron Tucker, who recently signed an NWSL deal with Gotham FC. She was named uh, to the best 11 second team. So two honors for BYU. Players who are very much deserving of them. Coolahan getting a player of the year nod. I hope she wins the Mac Herman Trophy. She has been so good her entire career for BYU. It would kind of be a lifetime achievement award in a way, but it doesn't take anything away from her season this year. She was absolutely stellar. She created 51 chances on the season, uh, averaging the nation's best of 5.58 shots per game. Just an absolute offensive machine, speaking of Michaela Coolahan, and hoping that more honors are coming her way. And then finally, in terms of the honors out there, Kalani Satake, BYU football head coach, he's been named a semifinalist for the George Munger Collegiate Coach of the Year Award. I, as a member of the Football Writers Association of America, actually am, am actually privileged enough to vote for this, and I can tell you this much, guess who's voted number one Jake Hatch's ballot? Yeah, you you heard it right. Kalani Satake. I actually put all three local coaches, Blake Anderson, as well as Kyle Whittingham. They're also semifinalists. I put it, I believe I went Satake 1, Coach Anderson 2, and then Coach... Whittingham three I'm going to represent the home state so fun times and hoping that Kalani Satake gets some votes but probably hard pressed to win it I think but I'm I'm doing my part. Let's just put it that way. All right. That's it. Have a good day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Want to encourage you guys now to get over to Locked On Big 12. Get caught up on everything going on with BYU and the Big 12 by searching it out on your podcast provider of choice. It is free and available on whichever podcast provider you happen to be listening to this podcast on. Also, make sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for the latest when it comes to BYU sports, and as always, feel free to reach out anytime via email locked on byu at gmail.com is the email address all right that'll do it have a great day have a great weekend we'll reconvene soon probably do a postcast edition after the byu bowl game tomorrow and obviously a full edition recapping the weekend that was in byu sports for you guys on monday all right that's it have a good one my friends this has been the locked on cougars podcast for december 17th 2021 and we will catch you guys soon